Redbox Media Programming is brought to you by... We've got good news. The world is open again, and people like you, people of faith, are traveling to Catholic sites around the world. Want to travel with exceptional Catholic leaders this fall, next year, or in the future? Are you looking to see specific sites, celebrate traditional Latin Mass, or travel to destinations without vaccine requirements? We are here to help you deepen your faith on pilgrimage. Give us a call at 1-800-842-4842 or visit us online at selectinternationaltours.com. Select International Tours is your pilgrimage company, and we have the perfect Catholic trip for you. Are you looking to serve God and society? Consider putting your gifts to work as a lawyer. Ave Maria School of Law has been educating faith-filled lawyers for over 20 years. Ave Maria School of Law is committed to training lawyers to use law appropriately around the moral issues of our time. Visit AveMariaLaw.edu to learn more about integrating your faith with a law degree. Welcome to A Seeking Heart with Allison Jingris. Okay, to get my own name wrong. Oh, <laughs> welcome to A Seeking Heart with Allison Jingris, distributed through Breadbox Media. I'm so excited to be joined today by Chloe Langer. So happy that she would come back again and share with us her new book, Sisterhood, Giving and Receiving the Gift of Friendship, out now from our Sunday visitor. Chloe, thank you so much for coming back. Oh my goodness, Allison. Thanks for hosting me. I've been looking forward to this all week. I was teasing her that it would be only her that I would stay up till, um, not that I stay up, I think <laughs> it would be that early, but pretty close. <laughs> I would keep working till 8.30 at night so that I could spend this time with her. But if you were with us the last time, you know that she's one of the nicest human beings on the planet, making uh, this special staying up for her so worth it. Chloe, I'm so thrilled to share this book. What? Why a book about friendship? Oh, okay. So here's the origin story for this book. Our Sunday visitor reached out to me and asked me if I'd be interested in writing a book on feminine friendship. And my gut reaction was no, like <laughs> absolute no. This isn't the book that I need to write. This is actually a book I need to read. So <sighs> it was like the summer after kind of the really, really heavy COVID lockdowns. And it was just this, oh, wow. this season of life where friendships, like I was wrestling with friendships in my own life coming out of that. Um, a lot of friendships, like the definition of, an, of that friendship changed through COVID. Um, I was a new mom. I had um, little tiny kids. And so I was really kind of realizing my need for friendship with other mothers and women in the same season of life. And so, so it didn't seem like a good project for me to write. Like I needed someone seasons ahead of me to, to write this book for me. But, but in prayer um, and praying about the, the project, just realizing I'm a writer and I process things through writing. And so oh, amen. it was really a beautiful chance to sit down and really create space. I, I don't know if you had this experience, but like usually you write the book that you need to read. And when you're writing it, you actually take the time and carve out oh, space yeah. to think about it. 
Um, and so, yeah, it, it was a, a season of life where if I hadn't have written it, I don't think I would have carved time to sit and reflect on friendship. And so that's kind of the the reason that this book came to be. Um, so I know, but I know I'm not the only one who struggles with friendship, especially right now in this season of the world and in this season of life. And but it's kind of a universal struggle, I think. I think uh, at some points in our life, almost all of us have struggled with what friendship is. I, I always say that I feel like I've always gone through friends like popcorn. Mm -hmm. I don't know what it is. And, and I loved in the book, you talked about the different seasons of your life and you kind of share how friendships change. And it really took me a moment to pause and be like, you know, I had, um, ele I had neighborhood friendships and then I had my elementary school and then my high school, then college. And then I got married in college and our friends became we actually started dating in high school. So suddenly our friends merged and they were our friends. And then we got married and then we had children and there was PTO friends and, you know, karate um, parent friends. And then um, just that maturity of friendship. I'm in my fifties and I feel like I'm just now getting to a point where I feel a little bit more mature in my friendship. Mm. Um, I still stink as a friend. I tell my friends all the time, I can't believe you are still my friend. I am the suckiest friend. <laughs> it's a little it's harsh to say, hard. but it's, it's harsh. But I'm very honest because I'm, you know, sometimes the, the worst of my virtues like come out. Like I'm mm. self, I'm self absorbed. I'm a workaholic. I, I have social anxiety. I'm like the biggest uh, awkwardy dork when it comes to trying to be in the, like public with people. So I don't really make for a great friend, but that is the beauty of it because those who are still with me, they see my heart and they see more in me that keeps them my friend. And I love that. And yeah, I've had to mourn and we'll talk a little bit about that, mourn some friendships, but I think uh, life without women friends is, it's not all that God created our lives to be. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think is what you're speaking into or I hear you saying is these different seasons of life and, and like realizing places in your own heart that need to be healed for friendship. Um, but then I think too, the beauty of friendship being something that's given and received. So you have, you have such a beautiful gift of yourself to give in friendship. And then you also get to receive the beautiful gift of someone in friendship and it's a two way street. Um, but yeah, <laughs> friendship is not, is not easy, especially in those, all those seasons you mentioned, like there's a lot of things going on in life. And so making prioritizing friendship can be a challenge. I have to tell you, Chloe, one of my friends is listening to us right now. And she just texted me, you are not a sucky friend. <laughs> That's a good friend. It's true. Oh, You're not. You, my friend, Anna, I love you. Yes. And this is why we are still friends because she gets me. She gets what little I can give to her. Well, one of the things I'd love, you start off the book. Again, we're talking today with Chloe Langer. Her book is Sisterhood giving and receiving the gift of friendship from our Sunday visitor. Chloe is the podcaster at Letters to Women podcast, letterstowomenpodcast.com. And you, your, your first chapter really hits the nail on the head. It's the healing of self. And I know for myself, I sabotaged so many friendships because I didn't have that trust factor. Like I didn't trust people. I didn't trust myself and I sabotaged. So what, why is it important to heal myself in order to kind of, you know, be that friend to somebody else? Yeah, it seems ironic in some ways to write a book on friendship and then spend the entire first chapter talking about <laughs> how we are and our hearts instead of turning outward. But I think it really goes back, and I mentioned this before, 
that friendship is about giving a gift of yourself. And so if there are parts of your heart that have been hurt, maybe in a past friendship, maybe especially we talked about relationships with women. So this could also be like a, fr a friendship or relationship with your mom. Maybe that has left your heart wounded. Uh, friendship and relationship with your sisters, your, your biological sisters um, and your own family growing up. And so a lot of us are going into these friendships um, with a lot of wounds. And so that when we experience healing in those areas of our life, um, and realize the, the reason why, like the why behind ways that we interact yeah. with women um, and, and shine a light on that and invite the Lord in to heal that part of our hearts through prayer. That could This chapter could open a lot of things. Maybe it opens uh, seeking out therapy or counseling, a spiritual direction session with a, uh, a priest that you trust. Um, but when we are able to come to a place where the Lord is, is healing us and we're working through that journey, then we're able to give a true gift of ourselves, right? Like there's so many, I can think yes. back on my own history of friendships with different women where it wasn't uh, something that they were doing that was really rubbing me the wrong way. It was, they were, they were bringing up something yes. in my heart of, of an old wound with someone totally different. And then that's how I was acting out. I wasn't even able to be present in the moment with that friend because my brain and my heart um, we're just thinking about the way that someone else had hurt me. And it's kind of a similar situation. And so that, like you just mentioned, trust was really difficult because I was always kind of on the lookout for being hurt the same way. And I, I feel like a part of me, especially younger when I was in, in younger in friendships is like, well, I'm going to end this before you hurt me. Like, I'm going to hurt you before you hurt me. Or I'm not going to give you the opportunity to hurt me um, because I've been there and I didn't like it. So you start finding little ways to kind of, like I said, sabotage that um, friendship. But I really thought that was such a great way to start this book is to remind women that, you know, there you need to heal yourself, look at yourself in order to uh, be able to give a gift. And I also love that giving a gift of yourself um, and receiving that gift. I really, I like that the, like what drew you, Chloe, to, to kind of frame it in that way. Cause it's, it really is a beautiful way of saying that. Yeah. When I was doing some preliminary research, I'm a nerd. And so researching is always the first part of a book. Like what's, what do saints have to say about friendship? What do people who I respect have to say about friendship? Um, and kind of getting a, a lay of the ground for what's already been done so that I can add something to it through this book. Um, and there's this gorgeous quote from Henry Nowen, who is a, as a man who has shaped my interior life more, more so than a, a just top ranking, like top 10 influential person, influential people in my, in my interior life is Henry now. And he has this gorgeous quote where he talks about how friendship is a gift that you both give and receive. And when I was reading that quote, it was just like, that's it. That's what this is. Because I think so often in friendship, especially when we're talking about friendship from a cultural or secular point of view, yeah. like the world tells us we need friendship because it makes us physically healthier, makes us um, emotionally healthier. We want someone to celebrate with us, to affirm us. And all of those desires are good and really healthy. But we also culturally, I think, can approach friendship with this idea of, well, what can this person give me? Or is this worthy of my investment of my time and myself? Is this going to be reciprocal? Is this, yeah, is this a way that I want to spend my time? But as Catholic women, uh, particularly for this book, really entering into friendship with um, a, a posture of our hearts of what can I give to this woman? Um, in what ways can I receive her and this friendship? And that just really shifts the conversation. I love that. I'm sorry. Deaf mom problems. My daughter is making the strangest noise. And of course she has no idea she's making it. Oh. I can't get her, her attention. We're just going to move on. That's all right. My kids will probably join her soon. 
I was in the room all by myself for hours until I started. Isn't that the way? It's like when you used to get on the phone when when um the kids well when I when I had little kids yep. getting on the phone just meant instantly uh, <laughs> children. Yep. Anyway, so yep. I'm gonna just do a, a little shout out because you you have real talk, you have a little like a reflection from some wonderful ladies and I have to give a shout out to two who I adore, Lindsay Schlegel and Jenny Coach. It's like I just love those two women and I was so excited as I was reading along. So I do love that, that the book has, you talk a little bit, I guess this is a good time to talk a little bit about the format of the book. Yeah. So another thing that came up when I was mapping out what I wanted this book to look like was this realization that I don't really have a ton of experience with women who are in friendship. Um, and I have amazing friends, which is great, but I'm only one woman. And so if I'm writing this book that's applicable to women in all seasons of life and all and all friendships and all of these, like the good and the hard parts of friendship, I really would love to have multiple voices speaking into that so that there's there's a better chance for women to feel seen and known when they pick up this book. Um, even if I haven't experienced that season myself. So there are nine, uh, yeah, nine little real talk sections where a woman will intro um, the upcoming chapter with kind of sharing a witness of her experience with feminine friendship. I loved that. And then at the end of each chapter, you have, I really liked this too. Um, the receiving the gift of an authentic friendship and then the giving the gift of authentic friendship. Um, so at the end of each you kind of just like give it a wrap up and then kind of like a call to action. Is that how we could probably frame that? Yeah, especially for friendship. I think when women pick this book up, whether regardless of where they're at kind of on in their experience of friendship, we all have space to grow, right? Because friendship is, is a reflection of Christ and none of us are going to hit the mark all the way every time here on earth, at least from my experience. <laughs> um, and so like just this encouragement that reading a book on friendship is great, uh, especially if this is something that you're struggling with on the giving or receiving side of that. But you can't, we can't just read books. There's got to be a prayer component and an action component. And so really encouraging women who read the book to, to call a friend, to go sit in Eucharistic adoration, to, there's just a, a ton of really practical reflection points um, that I think can spur a next step for a reader. I I love I love that that you put brought in prayer or friendship. Like I thought about praying for a spouse. I yeah. never thought about praying for a friend. And then I did finally pray for friends and I got four incredible girlfriends, but um we were all in the Catholic church together. We ran VBS, we did all of these things and one day out of kind of nowhere they sat me down and said, "Hey, we're leaving the Catholic church and I know you talk in here." Uh, one of the chapters is about when your friend leaves the church, um, either leaves it completely or leaves it. So from in my case, they left to uh, go to a non-denominational church. And I, um, it was just such a difficult moment for me. Like I tried to go with them to their church, but I missed the Eucharist. I missed the sacraments. Um, I tried to continue the friendship, but some of them haven't left the faith with this real heartache and this real anger towards the church. So I felt like my whole time with them was defending. Mm -hmm. And no matter how hard I tried to keep the friendship together, it's just, it wasn't gonna work. And then it came this double heartache of, Lord, I prayed for friends and this is what happens. However, and reflecting, uh, you also write in here about seasons, a friends for a season. Mm -hmm. um, my ministry was born out of that, out of that situation. 
from yeah. that, from me going, Lord, what we need in the Catholic church are women who are, who know the scriptures, who are passionate, who, you know, are funny, who, who have all of these qualities. And he said, yes, you. And I'm like, well, I'm passionate, but I'm not the funniest human being. But, um, but he said like, yes, you. And it was that yes to, to, um, want to bring my, my friends, keep my friends, I guess, keep my friends in the faith that I loved, but didn't have the words then. Um, but that's another story, another podcast for another day. But, um, what you talk about being like uh, bringing them in prayer, but then also about being a good friend. So what do you see as the qualities of what makes a good friend good? That's one of the chapters in here. Yeah. Yeah. I have a little, a couple little notes here that I'm going to look over too, because I love this question. I think a lot of things that make a good friend good are going to fly in the face of what we're told to expect from a friend in our culture. Um, that these, these should be different, different friendships that kind of the tropes or stereotypes that we see a lot of times when we discuss uh, friendship with women, right? Like we get of like a lot of women have this experience of, oh, I don't want to be friends with women because other women are, you know, they're, they're gossipy and they're catty and they stab you in the back. And, and those stereotypes really unfortunately exist for a reason. And we talk yeah. about this, already, right? Like there's more than likely parts of all of our hearts where we've been hurt from friends who have been a mean girl. Um, like, yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> So I think what's really beautiful about a good friend, um, the first thing that sticks out to me is a good friend is a woman who champions your vocation. Um, regardless of, of what state of life you are uh, tuning into this, um, like a vocation is the call to holiness. Like good friends cheer you on to become a holy woman. Um, and I think this really is an antidote to, I don't know if you've experienced this, but a venting culture um, that I think yes. is built into a lot of feminine friendships that... The, the culture tells us, well, you get together with your girlfriends and you drink wine and you you chat about how you don't agree with your husband on certain things and how you don't really get along with your kids and and they just kind of take your side and you don't feel alone. And then you go back and you have to enter into your vocation again. And this you haven't been built up or encouraged. And so really, I think what we're looking for in good friendships is women who champion, like who don't take a side, but who cheer on our vocation. Um and I think that is so necessary in today's world, um, regardless of yeah, what vocation you find yourself in. Uh, I think also a good friend is someone who helps you carry your cross, um, whatever that cross may be or cross is. A lot of us are carrying multiple. There's this French uh, proverb that I share or saying that I share in this book. I'm not going to say it in French because I don't speak French. And with my life, there's probably someone who does. So it would be very good at correcting me. But it translates in English to um, someone who suffers alone insults their friend. Um, that when we oh, wow. that when we enter into a suffering by ourselves and we don't ask for help, um, then we're really taking away an opportunity for a friend to receive us in that moment. Um, and so finding friends who suffer well, um, who in healthy vulnerability, not only invite you into their suffering, but then also are there for you to invite them into your suffering as well. Um, and we see this in, in so many of the Lord's friendships uh, throughout his passion, uh, friends who suffer well with him that we look back and really admire as we read scripture. And then um, another thing that sticks out that I talk about in the book is that that friendships that are that are rooted in Christ, right? There's so many, mm -hmm. we talked about this already too a little bit where a lot of times when we meet friends, it's because of some outward mutual connection. Um, like you said, maybe it's karate or PTO or things like that. Um, 
but and, and those are beautiful starting points but if we want yeah. a friendship to be rooted like our kids aren't always going to be in karate probably we're not always going to be helping out pto um not pto uh that's pay time off um parent no it is parent okay you're right <laughs> no, three, so i haven't entered into this season of life um but yeah like uh friendship that that is good is is um is Eucharistic. It's it's rooted in Christ. Mm. So yeah, you met at karate, but the thing that really is going to help that friendship grow after that season is done is something that goes a lot deeper than that. Um, and so Aristotle talks about how friendships that that last are virtuous friendships, something that, that the connection point is something higher than the friendship itself. And so as Catholic women, uh, we're looking for women for women who enter into friendship that's Eucharistic. So meaning meaning two things, right? Like women who we can mutually be like grow in being small and lovable, like a Eucharistic host, like just being so love that. lovable as a friend and, and recognizing those characteristics in a friend and being able to affirm that. But then also the fact that like as Catholics, um, we're called to become mm. like Christ. And so in those friendships, we should be not only recognizing Christ in our friend, um, but then also looking for opportunities where, we're serving our friend for Christ as Christ, like Christ living his life in us. So those are some of the things that stick out when I, when I think about what makes a good friend good. I love that. I mean, one of the things I was, uh, actually there's four things that came to mind as you were speaking, but um, I, I think using uh, good books like yours, I told you, I took a picture of this to share with my friend that my uh, couple of my good friends that we do study together uh, because I think sometimes we don't know the entry point to talk about faith. Yes. Like how, like we're not going to sit around with a cup of coffee and be like, so how's your prayer life? I mean, yes, you eventually get to that point, right. but that doesn't, that's not usually an opening line. So I, we have found over the last a couple of years that just using good Catholic books like yours, like uh, Sisterhood Giving and Receiving Gift of Friendship out now from our Sunday visitor, gives us this entry point that to start talking about things of faith, especially if you're new to the faith or you've not had the experience of being able to share your faith or your heart with somebody like that. Um, and I was thinking about the expression, I think it came from Max Licato, who used to say, Go um, gossip, thinly disguised as prayer request. <laughs> yeah, sounds about right. <laughs> and this, that, right? that whole venting of, you know, getting caught up in, but I, I, and I'm telling, I'm just telling you this because, you know, we, we need to pray for this person or it's like, really, do we really need all the details to pray for this person? Or is it just making you feel better? And I absolutely loved that in that there's a chapter in here, then you talk about it does. I think it's a venting chat. We talk about the venting. It doesn't make you feel better. It yeah. literally makes you feel worse. Yep. Like scientifically proven makes you feel because you've solved nothing you have just fed that monster instead of feel you know feeding the grace that they need to um yes sometimes there's like a little bit of not venting but of sharing but i don't think we need to go as deeply into detail as we often do yeah agreed agreed 100 percent. yeah can be really difficult and then i was thinking about job's friends if you've not read the book of job they're like all for him until um you know like day three and then they start to like <laughs> feed into his complaints like you know, no that's not right like you were so close to being good friends and you lost it so <laughs> don't be like job's friends 
<laughs> the thing that I love when reflecting on Jeb's friends is everything is good until I start chatting with him. <laughs> they just they show up and they sit with him. And I think we as women are can be really beautifully good at this. Like just seeing, just like making space for people to just exist. Yeah. So then I think it's just always funny where it's like, and then they start having, you know, explaining away or trying to, yeah, explain what God's doing for Job. It's like, uh, I think he just needed you to exist with him, but I do the same thing. So yep. Yep. wife wasn't any better, but that's another story for the day. <laughs> just, oh my goodness. So I, I did as usual, make a thousand um, notes, but we obviously we're not going to keep you here too much longer. Um, is there anything in particular before we wrap up that you really hope that somebody listening to this will um like draw them not that we're trying to sell your book but like we write books because we have something that god has put on our hearts that we know will help somebody in a difficult situation or to grow closer to him anyone who knows an author knows we do not become rich from writing books but they don't like the idea of writing this and knowing God has such a special message for somebody. And then so the person who needs it, not picking it up is so heart wrenching for an author. Um, is there something that you, you know, that if you could just be the book on the wall, talking to the person walking by it, what would you say? <laughs> uh, you know, I think the thing that comes to mind is that, I've been in seasons of life where I've watched conversations like ours or listened to them and thought, yeah, but that doesn't apply to me because oh. this and this makes my situation really difficult. Or I know women in that season, like, that's awesome that you encourage women to be friendships, friends with other women, but I work night shifts and I can't because all my friends are up during the day. Or I live in a rural community and my community is so small that that makes that almost impossible. Or I'm in a new city and I know no one. Like we, there's so many people, um, and that's not even touching like the fact that we're, we're lonely at epidemic levels as a society. And I don't think Catholic women are immune to this by any stretch. And so if you're listening to this and you're thinking, okay, great, but that's not me or that's not for me. Um, I would just encourage you. There's a, one of the, the best chapters I think in there is for women who have read the entire book and said exactly that. Um, and really encourages you in some really practical ways um, and how to create friendships that may not look like what you expected or what you had wanted or maybe prayed for, um, but that there is friendship there in that season. And so if you're listening and thinking, okay, yeah, but you're not, that's okay. That's not for me. I'd really just encourage you to pick it up and, and look at those last couple chapters for sure. And I would love to just wrap up talking about the virtual world. I mean, we know yeah. that, you know, COVID brought in this, but I'd already lived in that world. So I was just so excited to have people joining me. <laughs> I love the virtual world. And I can tell you that my Bible study moved virtually and I really wondered what it would be like. And it is, if, if done right, if done with a sensitive heart, if done uh, openly, um, embracing the technology for what it is can be we, we are vulnerable the thing all the things you talked about in here authentic vulnerable um we take advantage of this opportunity we have people from across the state and even across the country who are able to join us and it also kind of teaches you this kind of respect like i have everybody mute until they want to talk and then they unmute and it gives this um this 
the setting which you don't normally get in a small group setting where somebody who's maybe a little bit more shy takes them a little bit longer to break into a conversation has this piece and so we've been able to build some very authentic powerful beautiful friendships and the the social media can be used we can use these powers for good it used to be about being social and building community and I am one woman on the warpath to make that happen again because I've seen it. And I love that you addressed that too, Chloe, in the book. Yeah, I think there's so much beauty in social media um, as a connection point for women you would have never met. Um, I think what you're speaking into is just such a beautiful aspect of social media. I think we've lost, which is exactly what you're saying. I think it's so often it's, it's easy when social media to kind of turn it on yourself, uh, to worry maybe too much about what other people are thinking about you, how you're presenting yourself, whether you should share this or that, or how to enter in that conversation in a comment box that's ruining a conversation uh, and, or a friendship. And so I think what's really beautiful about social media is really being intentional about it. Uh, And I think something really beautiful happens when we take our digital friendships to the next level, right? There's so many friends that I have in in real life off the screen and on the screen um, that are women that I met on Instagram because I followed them and then I sent them a voice message and we found out we really like each other as friends. And now we get together over a Zoom meeting or we email each other now. Um, and so really to encourage you uh, not not just to, yeah, to connect with friends, but really to kind of just like karate may be a place that you meet a friend to think of Instagram as a place that you might meet a friend and really just take it, take the next level in those friendships because there's beautiful connections that happen there. Yeah. And for me, it was finding that like, I didn't have a lot of Catholic friends. I didn't have a lot of Catholic yeah. connections. And so being able to connect with these women online yes. and you do, you really can build an authentic friendship that um, is, is based on our faith is Christ at the center is Eucharistic. I love the way you said that um, it's friendships are important. And I'm very, very thrilled that OSV asked you for this book. This is sisterhood giving and receiving the gift of friendship, Chloe Langer, Letters to Women podcast, awesome podcast. If you haven't listened to it, you can get that at letters to women podcast.com. Of course, I'll have all the links. You can purchase the books at your local bookstore, uh, any place you book, buy books on online, and of course, osv.com. I, I hope that you will follow Chloe over um, on her website, listen to her podcast, and pick up her book. Uh, Chloe, thank you so much for making the time to to talk with us and again for sharing this really important message. Oh, thanks for hosting me. Also, thanks for staying up late for a conversation. It's been really fun. It has been. I hope I hope you come back. Even if you never write another book, you got to come back and visit us. <laughs> Anytime. <laughs> Love chatting with you. You have been listening to A Seeking Heart with Alice and Jingris, distributed through Breadbox Media. God bless. <laughs>